Lobby Talk Radio, the official podcast of the Mandalorian Mercs. We're a costume organization dedicated to charity efforts around the globe, attending events in Mandalorian armor we've built by hand. Here on the show, we'll keep you up to date with the latest fan community news. Visit our website at www.mandalorianmercs.com. Hello and welcome to this month's edition of Keldabi Talk Radio. I am your host, Crow. And with me on this episode is Thaxos. Hello. Takur. Hi there. Jaren. Good evening. And Hikari. Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Um, welcome back, everybody. Um, like I said, it's been, we had to double check in our last episode, episode 110, was released last year in September. So, we get to start off fresh with a new cast. For episode 111 uh, right now um yeah so let's let's talk about who the heck we have here uh we don't need to talk about thaxos we know who he is he's fine um same with that crow guy yeah uh <laughs> you got yeah you know me it's fine <laughs> so let's uh let's just have everybody we'll just go sort of around the room and have everybody introduce each other so uh we'll start with We'll start with Hikari here. Who are you, and uh, and what do you do? What brings you to the podcast? Good evening. So, my name's Hikari, real name Nick. I've been with the tech team now, and my current position is the tech XO, assisting Thaxos with all those jobs he loves doing. Um, as a little bit of background, I cleared as an official member in late 2015 and joined the tech team in March 2016, um, and since then have held the roles on uh, moderator, moderator lead, and most recently TechXO. And in my other line of work, I'm the Alarad of the UK Vokchi clan. And that's me. Welcome aboard. Sweet. All right. And let's do, let's do Tukur. What's, uh, who are you? What do you do? Uh, well, Tukur here is, uh, real name Simon. Again, I'm I'm here from the Vokchi. I'm the Clan Verilor. Um, as one of my many hats, I also sit within the regional command team as the Versol. I just love playing with merchandise and um, building and supplying, and it's all those patches and coins that really get me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which also pulls me to my other forum role. Um, I'm on the art team as the workflow manager, so any of the art that really comes in from the Verilor and from the clans you'll find it's me that's not doing the physical work, but I'm there organizing and assigning it to the artists and making sure it's done in time for everyone. So um, I've been in the Mercs since, what is it now? It's December 2017 I cleared. Uh, Joined the art team last year, last Christmas. Um, And regional team joined would have been about February 2019. Sorry, February 2020. So that, that, that's me. Um, I do what I can. I'm not a builder. I'm more an administrator, so that's where I help out. Awesome. Yeah. And third but not least, Jaren. Hi, I'm, I'm Jaren, uh, also known as Lee. Um, like uh, Simon and Nick, I'm a member of Bokchi. I cleared in, I believe, November 2017 as an official member. Seven uh, days before me. 
from seven days before you. Um, <laughs> I took over as editor of Battlecry magazine approximately a year ago. Uh, so that's now running monthly. If you don't read it, please download a copy today. Uh, and I also sit on the International Advisory Committee. Um, and honestly, I probably need to stop building kits now. No. no he's, on, <laughs> he's on number four at the moment. Oh, nice. That's that fine. May have, number four? Number four may have been my influence. <laughs> and by may, I mean it was definitely my influence. <laughs> so n- number four will sit hopefully uh, within the post-imperial CRLs. Oh, nice, nice. See, I should be currently building number five for me, but it's been. Let's see. I got the helmet back in February, I want to say, and I've primed it. The solid start. <laughs> <laughs> so is that five concurrent kits, or is that uh, just it's, upgrades? It, Mostly upgrades, but when I when I tend to upgrade, I do tend to overhaul. Like the only the only stuff remaining from my original kit are my spats, and and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Maybe my backplate. I don't know. I've had a couple backplates, so no. Yeah, it's just just the leather spats that <laughs> that go under the shin armor. That's it. <laughs> well, Jaren's gone out and bought himself a pickup truck, so he can actually take all four kits to a weekend event. No, it's for transporting your kit to an event. <laughs> <laughs> and so you may have noticed um, some new accents on the podcast. We've actually had, um, for a while, the majority of the podcast was based in America, in Maine. Uh, there was a while where we had three members of Wampa Clan on, this, on the podcast at once. Then we tried Florida for a little bit. Um, had a couple concurrent members of the podcast based down in what used to just be BBC at the time. Um, so now we decided, you know, let's 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 be British. Let's uh, let's let's have some let's have some Vakshi representation uh, more or less permanently all the time, right here, right now. Well, and if you count Canada as part of the British Commonwealth, it's eighty percent Britain now. Yeah, the Queen's on your, America. <laughs> the Queen's on your money, so I I. That's yeah, what I go with. Counts. So yeah, yep. Commonwealth nations. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it is kind of funny, just yeah, being the only American on this on this podcast. I love it. It's great. Uh, so, I don't know what I was gonna say. <laughs> Always a good start. Always a good start. Great, great start. It's, it's only that had feeling a... of being outnumbered, isn't it? A little bit, a little bit. It's it's been a while. <laughs> Trying to remember how to convert to metric. Uh, God, dude, it's <laughs> it's just the worst. Like I forget. <laughs> I was looking up a either a recipe or something or, or yeah, a, and every all of the measurements they weren't just in metric, but they were in metric measurements that people don't even use all the time. Like they were in centiliters. Like, oh well, that's that's easy the, to convert though. It's all well, base it, 10. it is it is base ten, but um, like because I'm you know an American and we just ignore the metric system for ninety percent of its very valid uses. I'm just like, is that the one that's like ten liters or is that the one that's ten milliliters? Which one? Oh God, I have to look <laughs> this up. <laughs> I do the same when cooking, and I have to try and convert from cups. <laughs> 
I shudder to think what sort of recipe would utilize 10 liters of something. Oh, God. I mean, it, to clarify, it was little c, so it was just 10, mil, 10 milliliters of something. But, like, yeah, I, I had a moment, and I'm not proud of it. <laughs> I'm just thinking of how much punch, like, even if you were just making punch, how much punch... 10 liters would be that's a <laughs> that's a substantial amount that's a big punch bowl yeah, yeah. That's, like, that's over two gallons that's a decent size yeah oh don't say gallon simon because you will start getting into the u.s versus everyone else gallon size <laughs> <laughs> and that's all the time we have for the uh, podcast. controversial <laughs> con- <laughs> yeah we yeah we're we're going with a new theme uh with this with this new crew we're actually not going to talk a whole lot about star wars or the mercs we are just going to talk about measurements and the differences in vernacular between british canadian and english and american english <laughs> Ed, you jest i congratulated uh, a pair of mercs today on their wedding anniversary Mm. Uh, to which the husband wrote to me privately to say, you spelt favourite wrong, because <laughs> I put a U in it. Favourite. Oh, that's definitely yeah. the correct spelling. That's uh, what I believed. I mean, I I would love to put up like an even a facetious argument, but as the language is called English, I really don't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> Oh yeah, Nick. I guess that means you and I can change over the uh, the KTR page to have the letter U in all the words that need it. I don't uh, think back to the correct many. spelling. Yep. <laughs> the uh, the spell check for Battle Cry every month gets very confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does the Battle Cry run in metric or imperial? Okay. I'm guessing it depends on the author of the article we, or the uh, editor. Yeah. Uh, t- two English, two English English writers, uh, two American English writers, um, and then Tom, who I won't dare to correct. Yeah, yeah Tom. Yeah. <laughs> what What about the Belgian who speaks two different languages anyway? <laughs> so as long as he's dealing with merch, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> then you've also got English English proofreaders and American English proofreaders. <laughs> At the end of the day, I make a judgment call, and it goes to press. So, like so everything's got use in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> As it should. Yeah. So I guess we should. I guess we should actually talk about this club we're all in. Um, it's yeah, been. No it's. It's been a minute. Um, quite a few things have changed. So we'll just. We'll just pick a couple. A couple little. Little minor things. Um. What's uh yeah? What is actually new in Merck's news? What's going on? Well, I I suppose aside from the podcast being back, the biggest news of the past twelve months is a new era within the CRLs for post imperial. Indeedy. Yeah, that one's pretty exciting. Yeah, it yeah. is. I know I'm personally building a post imperial kit. Same here. I think I'm gonna end up having to do one. Too much fun not to. <laughs> The, uh, all the differences between the the differences between um, you know what what armor pieces are required or not, and, and the styling of it seems pretty interesting. For those of us that are getting a, a bit older and a, a bit less capable of wandering around in full armor for the day, having less armor on in fixed pieces, I think is is, is going to be a big draw for a lot of people. Yeah, mm. I'll be able to sit down in this one. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's that's the thing. I've always made every revision of my armor. I've always been able to do two things, kneel and sit. Those are just my two biggest criteria 
regardless of what the rest of the armor looks like because <laughs> i yeah. i've just seen way too many people just dead on their feet <laughs> but unable to do anything about it until the end of the troop yeah, poor, poor dresden <laughs> dresden's must act as somewhat of an exoskeleton though if he gets tired yeah yeah i think <laughs> holds him in place yeah, I'm convinced that all he needs to do is just relax in a certain way, and yeah, and then he's rigid. Just, just, <laughs> just a statue. Yeah, that would just be the perfect design for a kit, though, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> just kind of settle, and everything locks into place. It's like good <laughs> chunk. All right, I'm good. Yeah. So, can uh, somebody get me some water? I can't move anymore. <laughs> the importance of a good handler. Yes. Yeah. Knowing what you need before you realize you need it. <laughs> yep. Uh, but to, to loop back to Jaren's point there, there's, uh, with this latest era, there looks to be a, a lot of flexibility in the mix and match potential. Um, they've, they've laid it out very nicely, for example, with the either like codden knee plates plus other accessories, um, or the hip plates plus other configurations. It's I'm quite excited to see, being selfish about it, what my clan's going to come up with. Because we look to have in the region of 10 to 12 active post-imperial builds at the moment. I have to say, for me, in the chest armor, it's it's the different variations available from the Paz armor. Mm. Um, take, taking either the full kit as a heavy, taking the ab plate out for the medium, and then taking out the um, the diaphragm as well. Uh, for some for someone who's um, a slightly larger build with a bit, little bit of a pot belly, I can actually get the armor to sit right on top of my stomach. Um, so it's it's being it's it's really nice to try and get that fitted, um, rather than have to try and form either a, a modern set of Death Watch, Django or Boba plates and, and adjust it from there. But the, that's uh, that's where the portly version of me sits with it. I think it was the uh, previous images from the covert Mandalorians in, I believe it's episode three, um, that started doing the rounds a little while back. And they showed kind of with limited, with a limited number of plates, the amount of variation they'd managed to get between, was it 10 different designs? I think there was eight, yeah. eight in total. Um, but that really kind of opened everyone's eyes a little bit, I think, to, to the potential that was there for post-imperial rather than just a, a, a static set of templates. There was room for a lot of flexibility. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping to see that we get uh, a good a good portion of representation with post-imperial, especially given the sh we have a show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for, for crying out loud. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. But, but, like, you know, looking at other eras, like early Crusader has... It's got a small but nice following of, of really quality kits. Mm -hmm. um, but just due to the fact that you have to work a lot in leather, it, I think, had a bit of a cost barrier to it. A little bit. Um, and and Neo Crusader was just a nightmare yeah, <laughs> to Neo, try and build for. Yeah, Neo, it's just so... It's so rigid. Like It's, it's the most yeah. uniform of all of them. And, yeah, just mm -hmm. <laughs> trying to figure out that helmet is just such a roadblock. <laughs> The, the folks who have completed and gotten official with Neo kits, like, real, you know, buckets off. Like, <laughs> I completely agree. They're, they're far and few between, but they're stunning examples of work when you do see them. Yeah, oh, we yeah. have a foundling over in Ireland who's actually trying to do the entire kit in metalwork. Nice. Wow. Yeah. That will be impressive to that, see that, when that's done. That's yeah. an impressive build process he's going through. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think if there's one potential issue that might trip a few people up, um, we have seen it happen with the UM 
uh, here in the UK is that a lot of people are going to uh, 3D printed or resin cast plates taken direct from the Canon characters. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. they are to an extent in a, a peak physical condition, and a lot of us probably aren't. Um, so I'm not. there's definite issues there with some plates that aren't going to quite fit right and it's going to be interesting to see how people get around that yeah 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 you gotta gotta scale that's one of the things that i've not really seen too much come out of the 3d printing side of things is actually having folks that are knowledgeable enough to modify it to fit other body shapes there is is some software but um I, i won't start dropping names but there is software available that allows you to input your own physical measurements um, and oh, yeah. then drag in uh, an STL or 3D model um, and scale it to fit it's mm. it's good but the more you have to scale something or play around with it the more it actually warps the model so there's a possibility right. of losing a lot of detail um, mm-hmm. So, so it's, you'd have to go back it, in and change it anyway. Yeah, it, it's got potential, but I think uh, we found where you have to scale something up, it then makes uh, the walls thicker and the overall model bigger, and you're then looking at a, oh, yeah. a massively increased print time. And then if you do have to attempt to try and reshape that further, it's even more stress. Um, so probably better off as a tool to check if your original modeling scales right to your body. Okay. Nice. Yeah, we've been having some fun playing with that, haven't we, Jaron? It's uh, interesting. Um, there's say that there's definite potential there. Um, it's quite bizarre to input your own measurements into the software and see a physical representation of yourself and go, "I'm, I'm not. No, I, I can't actually be that big." Um, <laughs> but uh, well, it, it's the, the measurements tell no lies, apparently. Um, just remember, to, just remember to use all the measurements, otherwise you end up with twiglets for arms. <laughs> <laughs> but That's but funny, for dude. things like uh, helmets, uh, gauntlets, um, knees, it's absolutely fantastic because you know they're they're a fairly fixed dimension, um, mm. and just a, a little bit of a tweaking it a little bit wider here and there, or a little bit taller here and there to fit, works nicely. Um, yeah. I think it's the chest plates that are going to be the sticking point for a lot of people. Okay. Is yeah. this a paid for or a free uh, software? It is paid software. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Hence not naming it. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> Although mo- most people, if, if you if you look around, you, you'll find it quite easily. Yeah. yeah. I'll bug you after the podcast about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend that wants a helmet printed, so i gotta I got to figure out how to scale it nicely. It's, uh, yeah, scaling helmets is a headache. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking see. of printing and making things, though. Yeah, I do actually... Uh, there's one thing that... One upcoming merch thing that I do want to drop. The uh, In one of my roles is the Wampa Clan Verilor. I get to talk about merch for Wampa in the Northeast. We are coming out with the Northeast region um racing shirts the racing slash bowling shirts um every clan is getting a, a, a combined run um oh. with with um the clan colors and the clan sigil on the shirts they look pretty sweet 
Um, so those will be rolling out soon. More info is going to be on your clan boards and the Northeast Regional Board if you're interested in any of those. That's going to be the same worldwide with the racing shirts. Yeah. Oh, sick. Excellent. Now, is that, um, if we know yet, is that something where you could go to a different clan and get theirs as well? Or is it limited to... I don't, I, I don't see why not, in all honesty. Um, yeah. I don't think we're ever going to say no to people buying more shirts. Yeah. And especially because we have folks like, you know, great example, Tom. Like, he's got a shirt from every clan, more or less. Yeah. Like, you know, whether he bought it or someone gave it to him. So, it's all good. Yeah, there's uh, there's new designs this year as well to cover all the strongholds. So it's not just the clans. Oh, so nice. we've so we've so we've got stronghold designs coming up. So I know for for Europe, for example, I've got something like sixteen, seventeen different designs to handle. Yep. I was <laughs> so, just, I was just actually about to bring up the point that there's that's a lot of designs and uh, people need to have a little patience for the art team. Yeah, they're working hard. Yeah, all they, the time to make that stuff happen. The mm-hmm. uh, the 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 art directors try to get everything in place beforehand. Um, but yeah, we're, I would say we're 98% of the way there. Excellent. Speaking of merch then, um, there's been a couple things. The, the new, uh, the coin was in the store and the pre-order just closed as the date of us recording this. Yes. Um, so hopefully you all got your orders in. That uh, best bar coin does look lovely. It does look lovely. It good. does. It's lovely is, to see however, some of this stuff coming to fruition now. Yeah. There is, however, a Brigade Sigil patch that's still going to be in the store, and as long as we edit quickly enough, uh, <laughs> it'll still be available for pre-order when you listen to this. So if you want to grab a Brigade Sigil patch, check out the store. Uh, and I'm sure by the time you listen to this whenever, there's going to be something cool in the store no matter what. So. Oh, yeah. There's always something cool going on. Let's see. What else we got? Well, on the topic of selling things, there's this newfangled Hawkers Guild. That's a thing now. There certainly is. Uh, so I think we even have a member in here. We do. Uh, that'd be myself. Um, so it's come forward as an initiative to recognize those sellers that have been part of the community for a while um, and that have a good reputation for the standards of what they produce and the level of service. Uh, it's open for any member in good standing, or possibly UMs. I'd have to check that. Um, it is eligible for UMs. Yep. Thank you. Sorry, uh, foundlings. Uh, it is available for anybody to apply to. Uh, again, as long as they've had an active sales post up on the sales forums as well. Um, it's mm-hmm. still in the very early stages. Uh, we now have, I believe, 15, 16 members, so we're going to actually have a vote internally to determine a guildmaster, um, and that guildmaster um, hopefully will then be able to get in for an interview. Awesome. Uh, we're discussing a few things in the background about potentially setting uh, some standards for the new 3D models that are available through the club. Um, we want to make sure that those are available at a kind of standardized price and a standard level of quality so no matter who amongst the hawkers members you go to to purchase one from uh you can kind of guarantee that you're going to get the same product um and we're making sure then that to an extent we can't be 
it's a difficult situation with 3D models in that it's it's very easy for anybody to download them and mass produce them. We want to guarantee that hawkers can produce them at a reasonable price and a good standard, um, and people know that they can buy them securely and get a good product. Um, so we're looking into potentially setting a default cost for those, no matter where you buy them from. Um, and we're also opening up a discussion about digital recasting and how we potentially look to avoid it. Definitely. Yeah, All topic. members listening that are interested, there is an announcement from Ken Snaps in the announcement board at the top of the forums with the full details of eligibility to join. Um, and a few of the introductory rules before you sign up, and the application form itself. So go check it out. And then briefly on the uh, on the quality aspect, um, for those that don't quite get three D printing or maybe don't haven't looked at it too much, um, for myself especially, like I've I've had friends ask me about three D printing because I do three uh, D print stuff on occasion, and when they've gone off to Etsy, for example, uh, they've seen. You know, the same prop, the same model offered for print, and one person will have made it, you know, one shell thick and 5% infill in it. And so that basically what that means, if you think about it, is the walls are really, really thin, and the amount of material on the inside that gives it its structure is practically non-existent. And someone will sell that for, for 30 bucks, and then and someone else will be selling one for just 50 and theirs will have, you know, four times as much material, but nobody, you know, half the people don't even list any details as to what the physical structure they're printing at, yep. what what specs they have, structure, so really, structure, material, and resolution are all very very important, and it, it's always worth asking those questions before you buy something that's already printed. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's, it can be a bit of a it can be a bit of reading to to wrap your head around understanding how those different factors affect the print. But if you if you understand that, then you're going to make sure you get a, a proper quality print. Absolutely, get, uh, especially when gonna, it comes to sanding it. You don't, oh, want, yeah. you don't want to be sanding straight through the layer down to the infill. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, especially if they print with, uh, like, 0.4 millimeter layer height. Yeah. They have big, thick lines, and there's not going to be anything behind it to actually That's all. sand to. Yeah. Uh, so, if you guys have glazed over, then uh, sorry. <laughs> so, uh, we'll have a Guildmaster voted in probably within the next two weeks, so likely for the next episode they'll be available for a comment. Excellent. Yeah, we'll see about having them on as a guest. If not uh, the first, if not the next episode, then perhaps one after. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think with something you said there, Jaren, it's also worth pointing out to members the additions to the store with the 3D model files. Uh, yeah, so that initiative uh, came up within the last couple of weeks, but having a look through what's available there, there are uh, readily available and approvable gauntlets, helmets, blasters, uh, greeblies. There's a whole pack of greeblies. Um, there are a lot of files that I believe have been submitted by 3D modelers throughout the club, uh, quite likely some of the Hawks members as well. Um, and they are there to essentially assist anybody that wants to join the club but isn't sure about where to go to source a file from uh, so, so i mean obviously there's loads of websites out there where you can buy files ready or you can download them for free uh, but again you're never quite sure about the quality of what you're getting um, it's entirely possible to download a helmet file try and print it and find out that the walls are only two millimeters thick in which case again to go fall apart um, 
but these files again have been submitted, checked, and are all readily approvable as long as they're finished to a good enough standard um, for club use. There's a, there's a category on the store specifically that says 3D print file library. And so uh, everything in there except for one file, which is which came about much earlier in time. All the recent uploads have all been uh, set at $0. So they're all free to download. So for those hearing the word store and thinking 3D print files, I mean, there's a cost. There's actually not. Yeah, there's a dozen free file sets in there. Yep. It's just a very convenient place to keep them. All right, we got any other Mercs news or we want to talk about uh, about the Star War? I think that about covers our Mercs stuff. All right. Well, as far as Star Wars, one thing I do want to talk about, because I actually have had a chance to play it, is Star Wars Squadrons. Um, mm. Has anybody else gotten a chance to play that yet? Has anybody not played it? Yeah, right. <laughs> as a better question. <laughs> I've completed the storyline. Nice. I'm, I'm I have not. far behind on that. <laughs> I have not yet picked it up, but it's on it's on my wish list. All right, so no no storyline spoilers just yet. Maybe in a couple episodes. No, no, absolutely. Yeah, no. <laughs> I will say um, I've liked it a lot. I've been a huge fan of the X Wing and Tie Fighter franchise um, for most of my life, so I was really happy to see that they were coming back with this. And I do like that it is a nice hybrid of the battlefront gameplay like battlefront 2 flight as well as the like the original battlefront 2 with the space battles the way that mm, those yeah. were handled i like that that they combined that in too mm-hmm. and with you know some proper flight controls like from x-wing and tie fighter but it's nowhere near as complicated you don't need to remember the entire layout of your keyboard to you know no, they've certainly simplified shields. that yeah, yeah. you're playing the <laughs> stick aren't you simon I'm playing with a Hotas support stick, and um, yeah, the the the, the top hat control, um, flick it left, right, top, either way. You're adjusting yeah. your shields, your pet, your weapons power, or your engine power. It it's a fantastic, fantastic game. I mean, I I oh, yeah. I grew up playing the originals, mm-hmm. um, nineteen ninety two, I think it was when the original X Wing came out. Um, I had that on my old uh, NT four system. <laughs> Um, and uh, yeah it's that they've always been a love of mine uh well like i haven't had a pc myself for about 10 years so when 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 covid struck in the uk i decided it was time to get upgraded and i've been playing the old ones off steam Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. getting ready for squadrons to come back so picking up flight time again as as it's relaxing for me yeah, oh, yeah. Um, and uh, I do like the the multiplayer support is pretty pretty solid so far. Last the, night I was I play on PC and I was playing with a couple of my friends online last night and it was pretty solid. Yeah, the cross platform has been an amazing um, setup. My my brother, yeah, I was just pl- about to say. yeah, my brother mm-hmm. plays off PS4 and I've flown a couple of uh, missions with him. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking certainly within the clan and and possibly extending outside of that, uh, doing fleet battles. And, and once we feel we're up to it, we've got a local challenge with the Rebel Legion. Nice. Oh, that'll be fun. Oh, that will be fun. That will be fun. I have to say, my favorite craft to fly at the moment is the TIE Interceptor. I think I've got yeah. my setup just right. I know Jaren prefers the Y-Wing. Same. Yeah, it's 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 a nice tanky ship. I probably mm-hmm. 
inappropriately in love with the quarry beam. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> although the ion, the ion turret is uh, equally appealing. Um, though I, I'm really enjoying the game. I, I'd like to see maybe another mode added to the multiplayer. Uh, yeah, I, would, I think I, so. I really want them. Like, I'm glad that EA swore off um, microtransactions. I'm very glad that they yeah. stepped up and absolutely, yeah, they learned yeah. their lesson. They don't want another class action lawsuit. But I do hope that this game is proving um, popular enough that they will drop at least one DLC, like an actual just pay once pack with maybe like a b-wing and an assault gunboat oh bring us a fang fighter bring us a fang fighter or yeah a third faction entirely would be amazing but yeah i think that's that's i think that's going to be a sequel yeah as it currently stands uh because they released it at 40 us dollars and they've actually gone on record at this point to a couple different places and stated that it is a finished game yeah no plan to add anything at all unfortunately yeah i do hope that the popularity of the game shows that they that, that they got something interest yeah. enough to put out another dlc but i would suspect they're more likely going to launch a sequel yeah all I we've seen hope, so far is a patch i hope they just don't rush it and no and, of course you know, yeah. just just crap out a sequel you know with no like battlefront player. 1 to battlefront 2 it was yeah a little, a little quick and then you saw the population just hop yeah like, that would be the only downside yeah i hope i hope they've learned their lesson in that regard too mm-hmm. but they uh it's 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 fun the only downside that i'm the only thing that i really have to complain about is in the single player and i don't think this is a huge spoiler but like they say they have a a very bad habit of at least on the set of missions that i'm on the vil- the main villain of the campaign um one of the imperial characters they depends say on your point name. of view well, it's true. It's true, and I haven't completed the 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 single player yet, so I don't know where this sh- shakes out. But they have a habit of saying her name constantly. <laughs> Would this be the Imperial Captain? Yes. 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 Indeed. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and even and what what blows my mind is like the rebels saying it all the time. Okay, maybe, but like the Imperial crew should not be saying her full name let alone just her first name. She should be the captain, if anything. Yep. <laughs> and it's just, and it's just so repetitive. It's like watching a, uh, a, a like quickly dubbed anime, you know, like they just constantly just say a character's full name eight times a minute. Like you're going to forget who she is. That's what the escape <laughs> button's for. Just, just, just skip through. <laughs> uh, without any major spoilers, there's an interesting nod to some of the old, what are now non-canon books. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Which had been written out. The appearance of one character and the associates he mentions um, have kind of resurrected mm-hmm. uh, quite a, a fan favorite from people that read any of the books that came after the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. I guess I better play through the campaign just so that we can talk about it. Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and they, there's a fair amount of um, like Star Wars actor and voice actor alumni who've made the appearances mm-hmm. in this. Um, so it's it is a solid product, and yeah, for forty bucks US is really a a very solid price point for a game these days. That was. Yeah, oh, that it's was well worth it. It's thing. well worth it. Yeah. 
the biggest thing for me as, a, as since I'm dealing with Canadian dollars and the exchange rate is not great was 40 US doesn't nearly hurt as much as uh, like a as, base a, as yeah. a base game starting at 60 US yeah. and then the deluxe is 80 and then the primo deluxe is like 100 or 110 and it yeah. just skyrockets the price in Canadian dollars or exactly. uh, Australia would be the same situation if not I think, worse. I think Britain, Britain doesn't do too bad with the exchange rate. No, I mean, not I mean, at the moment. Uh, 36, 38 oh. pounds. Yeah, it was 30, oh, okay. 30, mm-hmm. 36 pound, I think, was the pre-release yeah. price. By comparison, okay. I've solid. been looking at some of the upcoming releases for the one of the big platforms I will not name, and they are coming in at close to 80, 90 pounds for a standard edition. Yeah. yeah. Dang. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the same kind of realm, Flight Sim was another... Yes, Another yeah. One where flight, you need a and flight sim had, ooh, what those those uh, different levels of purchase were just. I will say the <laughs> the thing that got me most um, was one of my like the friends that I was playing with last night. They play on PC, but they you know they use controllers um, because flying with a mouse and keyboard is just low class. But they, oh, oh, but like, <laughs> they, like, I have just a basic Logitech um, joystick that I bought a year or so ago when I mm-hmm. picked up X-Wing on Steam. I think I paid 30 US for it at the time, which is really what its MSRP is. I looked on Amazon and Newegg the other day. My same joystick now costs 140 US. What's that? The Logitech uh, this... Extreme 3D Pro. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, I've got it, that one. I bought yeah. it a decade ago, and I could probably sell it used for hundred dollars. <laughs> probably. Like, this, and it's this, a good, it's the... a good joystick. It's a good joystick. Yeah. It's just a it solid, basic, all everything you could ever ask for joystick. Um, it's a combina- It's a combination of squadrons coming out and, and uh, the yeah, and lifestyle the way it is at the moment over here in the UK with with, with COVID restrictions. What oh, else yeah. are you gonna do? Yeah, right. Well, and a huge well, Microsoft, Microsoft Flight Sim, Microsoft I think, was the biggest contributor to that. Mm. Oh, what, what blows my mind is that this is even, it's just a joystick with a throttle paddle. It's not a, a HOTAS situation. Yeah. Like, there's no separate detached throttle, which, I mean, those have always been expensive. Like, they've, they've always been at least 100 US if you can get a cheapo. Um, yeah. Now it's not even worth it. Buy a car. <laughs> pretty much like (laughs) yeah yeah there's um there's some decent decent options out there for for throttles and and uh and joysticks but uh yeah i'm I'm just on the extreme 3d pro and i've i've had it for at least a decade now Mm -hmm. yeah and it's it works it works great drivers are fine all of the buttons still work just fine everything is just great Yep. It's uh, it's never let me down, and I I can imagine it would probably last another ten years. Yep, yeah, it's just a good good piece of hardware. But yeah, it much like any <laughs> any reputable webcam, don't try and buy one right now. It's just no, well, yeah, absolutely. Logitech Logitech has got to be laughing. Oh, in mon- in monetary value. Well, uh, between they, their joystick and their webcams, it just everything has just skyrocketed in pricing. They would, yeah, they would if they saw any of that money. <laughs> yeah, all the scalping. Yeah. Like, and they're they were hard pressed to deliver just webcams. They had to ramp up a lot of production just to do that. So I'm pretty sure they're even further behind on joysticks now. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. For anyone yeah. looking, uh, the was the T sixteen thousand M Thrustmaster. Yeah, that's the big one. Yeah, it's a pretty great. Uh, 
it's a pretty great joystick, and then the corresponding throttle that goes with it that you can get in a bundle is a, it's a very solid value. I'd been contemplating upgrading for a while, and then everything spiked in price, and I went, never mind. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're lucky enough to have one, you know. Yeah, but yeah, I was lucky enough to be gifted uh, one of the Thrustmaster um, PS3 PC oh, yeah. combos. Nice. So uh, yeah. It's the benefit of having a little brother who keeps upgrading his games consoles. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nothing wrong with hand-me-downs. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Especially when mm. you're the older brother. Hand-me-ups. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah. Squadrons. Good. Like, I'll say this. I'll say this with, with a caveat. Just be like, good job, EA. You got one. What? <laughs> Well, uh, I'd argue fallen order. Fall, fall order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's true. I I haven't played Fallen Order. I I have I have an Xbox One. And there's no reason for me not to. But I'd wholeheartedly recommend it. Good. Yeah, I need to pick that up. It's, I was it's not I was a... afraid at when it when they first announced it, and I'm like, oh, EA made a single player game, huh? And that's mm. it's only been a decade since they've done that. <laughs> I think it's possibly also given a lot of the confidence to be able to do Squadrons as a single price, no DLC, buy it once, keep it game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fallen Order's not one that I've played yet. I keep hearing different bits that they'd like to um, expand it from the game into a potential new TV series. Uh, yeah, something that apparently mm. was discussed for D plus, uh, Dis- Disney Plus coming up in maybe a couple of years. Okay. It's I mean, definitely got a good uh, a good story to it. Yeah, it's got a great story. I mean, the, the gameplay wise, it was a really nice kind of blend of uh, Uncharted, Dark Souls, and Force Unleashed, kind of blended together. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Force Unleashed definitely the, that part felt good. I wasn't. I'm not the biggest fan of the Dark Souls component to it, but I didn't find it as as much of a nuisance as I thought. Oh it no, was no, no, yeah. Mm. I think that mostly stemmed from people trying to play it on like harder level difficulties than they really needed to, and then complaining that it was too hard, but not actually going to an easier mode to just enjoy the story. <laughs> well, that's that's that sort of person. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, I beat this game on on extreme. Like, congratulations! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I played it on casual and. I haven't stressed myself out. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've done with Squadrons to start with. I've played it on story mode. Um, yeah. And then once I'm happy with it, I'll start ramping the volumes up and playing. Mm-hmm. I think I played the first level of the story and then went, no, I can't wait. i got to play with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I, am I correct in understanding, though, that playing the story uh, unlocks things for the multiplayer? It uh, unlocks um, skins. Yeah. yeah, a couple, a couple yeah. things. Yeah, but they are cool. Yeah, yeah, they are really cool. And like, I've I've definitely flown um, like a couple of versus battles, or and had someone else on my squad who has beaten the campaign, like flying by in some sweet like sweet paint scheme. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I gotta get that. That's the only <laughs> time you're gonna see it, though, is if you're playing against someone else and they see it on their screen. Yeah. Yeah. Cause... Oh yeah, well that's 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 cosmetics for you. That's just absolutely there to, yeah. It's just there to make it so. Make it the one thing I've not tried yet is the VR component. We've, I was we've... just about to ask who's yeah. done VR. So I I have tried it. I've got a VR headset. I don't. Mm-hmm. Nothing fancy though. But um, yeah, I don't have I don't have an index or or a 
Rift S or anything. I got the Samsung Odyssey Plus, which is a Windows Mixed Reality device. So mm-hmm. occasionally you need to tweak a couple settings, but it was uh, they were clearing it out and then they stopped producing it, so I got it at half price. I couldn't say no to a three hundred dollar headset that performs like a Rift S. Right. So yeah, not something uh, you're gonna sniff your nose at. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I've got a friend that with a Vive. He loves it. I'm. I've been playing kind of some VR and some non VR. Um, I do find it's a bit much for my system. <laughs> it's phenomenal to be immersed in and, and, and look around. Although I do find myself getting distracted by how amazing the game looks and then getting blown up because I'm not paying attention to people shooting at me. <laughs> yeah, we'll say, have, small hazard there. T- taking a TIE able... fighter into full spin in VR, that's just got to upset your stomach. <laughs> I don't know. There's some, I, I think it's perhaps because I already played Elite Dangerous in VR. Oh, okay. I'm already, I'm already uh, more accustomed to it. But yeah, it's, you're, it's you're immune. Fun. Now, uh, you, there, there's like... the occasional game that I, I get motion sick from in VR, but that's mostly when it's you're standing and it's doing like actual walking locomotion. Yeah, yeah, that's hard. For, yeah. That's hard to just compensate for in general. Yeah. The like... nice thing with the cockpit designs of most of the ships in Squadrons is that they don't really give you much uh, side view. You're mostly focused forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, thought the A wing it... would probably give you the most. Yeah, I do find myself either looking up or forward. I don't tend to look left or right. Mm-hmm. Um, you can but look my play style yourself, right? Like you can oh, actually. Yeah. yeah, you could. Okay. Yeah, but like yeah. we were talking, my friends and I were talking last night about like how like that might be an advantage, like be to actually be able Small to look advantage. back, look back and see. Oh yeah, someone is behind me. Let me flip up. But me and how quote unquote good I am at this game. If I if I could look back behind me, all I would see is the guy that's about to blow me up. <laughs> that, that that really is it. If you're that incoming I, I missile, stick, yeah, I tend to stick close to asteroids, space stations, all that stuff. Get the cover I need. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as a result, if I look backwards, I'm probably slamming my face into something. <laughs> and if I'm out in open space where there's where you know I can actually afford to look backwards, I'm out in over sp- open space, and there's definitely some missiles coming my way. Yeah, yeah sk- <laughs> skimming the holes of some of the capital ships is definitely the best way to play it. Now that oh, that's so fun. That is beautiful in VR. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. There was amazing. a uh, video floating around uh, a couple of days ago of a guy that recreated the A-wing crashing into the bridge of the Star Destroyer and actually oh yeah. On it. <laughs> <laughs> I it still, is it is a remarkable game. I know that it would be broken, and I'm glad that they didn't actually do it. But I think you should get extra points if you're an A wing ramming into the bridge of the Star Destroyer. <laughs> only if only if the shields are down. Yeah, it would only be if how you the balance it. Down. Yeah, only if the shields are down and you slamming into it counts for like a missile and a half. Yeah, like so it's not excessively. You know, you if you didn't slam into it, you'd actually end up doing more if you had multiple missiles, but if it's a last ditch, you could, you know, throw a little extra damage on there. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a nice balanced touch. So if, if you could yeah. see one ship added in, what would it be? <laughs> I, th- I think for me, it would have to be a defender, because the, the tie defender should be... B-wing. B-wing. It's just one. It's gotta yeah. be the B-wing. Gotta be I the would, B-wing. I would have to go with the assault gunboat, which I think would be very convenient, because it's a nice counterpart to the B-wing. Yeah. It would you be see, a nice I've... opponent. I would have said that the Reaper uh, sort of takes the place of the assault gunboat. Uh, maybe maybe yeah. with a few expanded slots to it. 
Um, but the gunboat was always a was always a good ship to fly in the old games. Oh, yeah. Well, I I loved it because it was like they definitely made it up because they're like, all right, we have a lot of space missions where someone needs to fly a Y wing, but this yep. is the Imperial game. So what are we gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I remember one yeah, of take, my take a I... lambda, make it a bit heavier, and add add a lot more munitions to it. Yeah, just add yeah, just boxes of missiles. It'll be fine. Like I remember, I play um, X-wing tabletop as well. And um, when those sh- when the gunboat was added to the game, I had to buy three right off the bat. And I was flying them around. I was flying them around with one of my with the group of guys I usually play with, and one of our friends who's not as versed in Star Wars as this crew was like, "Wait a minute, you fly Imperials? Why do you have Rebel ships on the board?" When he saw my <laughs> my red painted um, right. gunboats, and I was like, "Well, okay, you got me." <laughs> yeah, X X Wing is is a tabletop game that I'm yet to get into. Now is not the time. I yeah, mean, it I is, I live but... I live through it through Jaren. Uh, Jaren's playing <laughs> to his X Wing. Yeah, we, um, we both do. Yeah, I, I oh. for a, a local games club, so I, I still run it on the tabletop simulator fairly regularly. Oh, yeah. oh nice, nice. Yeah, I, I've been I, meaning to try tabletop sim in VR. I haven't yet, but tabletop sim is a pretty cool, cool game to be able to emulate a lot of board games. Yeah, the, especially nowadays, the, I bet they're rolling in the money. Is very well built, very regularly maintained, and uh, plays very well, very very well. Um, now is that a is that a paid DLC or is that uh, a, it a is ported? a free bit of DLC uh, that is in the Steam Workshop, so you still actually need to pay for Tabletop okay. Simulator. Uh, but whoever right. is doing the the work to keep it updated is doing an absolutely amazing job. Yeah, for those listening that haven't messed with Tabletop Sim, there are actual like um, board game company uh, official versions of their games in tabletop sim and then there's also just community made fan made stuff as well mm. so well, people for some look- you have to pay for the dlc for some it's just free and available until that company comes out with an official version if they do it's it's yeah, worth it's a- noting that tabletop sim is a paid for software that goes on sale quite regularly we've yes we've been running it for about six months now yeah plan events and every couple of months it will be half price um, they do have a Discord server where they will announce when it's going on sale and who buy. Sometimes it's directly. I've seen it on sale on Steam. I've seen it on sale on Humble Bundle. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. It does regularly quite. It goes fifty percent discounts now. It's definitely worth it. I say for us as as a clan, even just for us as a, as a couple of friends just dialing in. Um, except, when it's Uno. It, except when it's Uno. <laughs> But we've been. Now, what is wrong with Uno? It's, it depends on which version you pick up. How, how much, but but, but how, Lee is. Uh... How much Nick is hovering over the buttons? Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. Nick. How, how, how many cards Jaren gets stung by? To address both those points, we did find a better one that randomizes the placing of the button. Yes. And. Okay. None of us trust each other, and I think at one point we chained six plus four cards on top of each other. Oh, oh gosh! Because <laughs> someone right. was feeling very smug with themselves when they put it down, to find <laughs> it came all the way yeah. back round to them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's fantastic. You can't even be mad at that point. That's just fantastic. Oh, I think you can. (laughs) (laughs) Uno has been um, a very contentious game. (laughs) But I will say, from playing it online, it has spilled out into physical copies being bought and played with family during various lockdowns. Oh, Mm -hmm. definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I mean, to be fair, for me, Tabletop Simulator is is what's enabled us to do Edge of the Empire, and that's that's what's kept me going over the last six months. No matter how much Jaren tries to blow us up. <laughs> I am not. There's always someone in that ca- in the campaign for Edge of the Empire. Uh, Jaren's our, um, our, our GM. Oh, okay. It is entirely on your dice. I, I have nothing to do. <laughs> for those listening that don't know, uh, Edge of the Empire is a, uh, is a particular section of Star Wars RPG, which is made by Fantasy Flight Games. It's uh, most comparable to Dungeons & Dragons. Um, although there are some distinct variations, like with the dice set, you're not rolling d20s. You've got dice with different symbols that have different effects. Either you've succe- succeeded or you failed, and you have advantage or disadvantage, which furthers the narrative. And it's, a yeah, it, it's amazing you can kind of succeed and fail on the same roll. Plenty right. of yeah. despair. Yeah, you can, <laughs> yeah, you can personally fail whatever you were trying to do, but you can then assist one of your party members so that they'll actually you know, pick up your slack. Or you can <laughs> triumphantly fail where you're just still failing. You're not helping anybody, but <laughs> triumph gives some little, there's some little uh, quirky benefit. That, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, of yeah. course, all depending on your GM is, is how that plays out. There's a bunch of different ways it can go, which is, it, I, I really enjoy how much more the narrative side of things come out with that game, as opposed to with D&D. Yeah, the... I have to keep remembering with it that it's not the knowledge that I know, it's the knowledge that my character knows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because Jaron will come out with some schemes, and I'm oh, yeah, that's X, Y, Z, and we're here in the galaxy, and it's like, no, 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 what your character knows. Yeah. yeah. You don't know, yeah, your character doesn't know the full history of the Rebellion, my friend. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're playing a full squad of Mandos that have just come out of the fighting corps, so we, we decided to keep it in-house. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent it's choice. I've also played a Mando campaign. <laughs> That's good fun. Let's see. So what else? What else we got to talk about? What else is going on in Star Wars? Well, Star you've got Wars. the news. You got the news yeah. that came out today. That that. Uh, well, I say came out today. Uh, I think um, John Favreau talked about it on the on the gallery uh, for the Mandalorian. But you've got the potential for. Rather, we have a release date for um, a Lego version of the Star Wars Holiday Special. So that's, actually, co- that, that's coming mid-November. That I will actually probably watch. I do not want to watch the uh, the Holiday Special again as, no. as often as my wife tries to trick me into watching it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a show. I was, I see. I was thinking it was a game. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's a Lego short. It's a. Or I don't know if it's going to be a short. I hope it's definitely. Yeah, it's. um, (laughs) Sorry, short, short in the respect that it's a film opposed to a game. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Sorry. Yeah, because we're talking about it's what the forty-second anniversary of the holiday special (laughs) this year. Because that's that's just a number, you know. Yeah. That's the best number to to do an anniversary on. Why not? I mean, it, it is. We're all nerds here. We know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it it's sort of taking the the essence of the holiday special, throwing it into Lego and bringing in 
um, obviously the more modern characters that, that the newer fan base that uh, has been brought in by Disney. So it'll be an interesting one. Yeah, like I, 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 I want to know if we're still going to have stuff like Princess Leia singing and... Oh, um, cooking, <laughs> the cooking special. Yeah, the cooking special, the music video, the... If, if Leonard Cuba video to go by, I suspect we will be seeing things like this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was just, yeah, that's um, with the Lego aspect and the holiday special being fused. I, I feel like it's just the right amount of zany to, to kind of encapsulate the original feeling of the holiday special without making it just uh, a bit of a bore to watch, but it'll be, it'll actually be fun. I think mm. it's, it, it'll be the best way forward. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I, and I think, and I think if John Favreau's, uh, at the helm, it, oh, it'd yeah. certainly be worth worth taking it. Yeah, and I believe they're refreshing it as well <laughs> to introduce some of the newer characters that people will connect and be familiar with, opposed to a straight remake of the original. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm yeah. interested to see how they handle that. Yeah, like, do they just have it just be like the the Last Jedi crew instead of the original crew, but the same exact plot as before? Like, that would be a riot. <laughs> <laughs> I've just. Yeah, just... I, I just found a section apparently um josh rhymes is the executive producer for it and he said it's a 45 minute homage to the original ah, okay so okay. that should be fun yeah so christmas vacation it's a wonderful life planes trains and automobiles are all films that they've used to influence in making it as well okay cool i am excited for that now that'll be good yeah that that'll that'll be good I mean, I'm still more excited for the Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus series that begins filming in March 2021. Yeah, yes, we had a little, little tiny tidbit of news there. We had to do it. <laughs> yeah, one of our one of our sort of main talk shows in the UK. Um, Ewan McGregor was a guest on last night. Nice. And that, oh, that's, that, that's, that's, that's where he slipped, slipped the release date or rather slipped the, the filming date. Uh, uh, what That was the Graham Norton show, right? That's yes. right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because he's, he's also talked about the fact that he is approaching the age now going into the filming of this that i believe alec guinness was when he filmed, when he filmed a new hope kenobi originally yeah, mm-hmm. oh. yeah it's mm-hmm. it's it's too perfect for them to have not done this and i'm so glad that they actually pulled the trigger on it yeah i mean if it's only one season which is what he's alluding to i think that'll be fine yeah uh but i just want to see it made yeah are they, we, are we, they still we've been waiting the for this of... oh sorry uh, are they still along the lines of doing a like a six part series, it's like longer episodes? Or... I think I think from what from what we've been hearing, that's that's what it's likely to be. It's going to be maybe a six or eight part, but it's going to be a single series. Right, kind of like the BBC Sherlock Holmes production, where they're long episodes, but they're very high quality. We can only hope. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. So excited. <laughs> I think given, given, given did... the, the freedom of creativity that they kind of opened up with the Mandalorian having different writers in, different directors in, um, yeah. and the, the new tech that they brought in to actually produce the episodes, I think they've got a lot of scope for what they can do with it. Absolutely. And, and you mentioning the Mandalorian, the day that we're recording this, we are two and a half, three weeks until release date. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's yep. another show. Another real question. Real question is: Is the entire world able to finally see the first season? No. Uh, no. (laughs) At the moment, one of our um, so Belgian, so Twin Sons clan. Mm. um, I think they're one of the last regions, and they're only not even close. 
No. It's going to be so frustrating. Well, Twin, no. Twin Suns are on episode five at the moment. Yes. In season one. September, they, Disney Plus bought online, uh, by my record, Belgium, Denmark, Finland, Iceland, Luxembourg, Norway, Portugal, and Sweden. So a, a lot of Western Europe. Yep. Um, and it looks like moving forward, uh, Eastern European countries are anywhere in the first half of 2021. Asia Pacific is through now through 2021, um, and Latin America is uh, November being talked about onwards. See, I, I do hope that Latin America at least gets it by the time we get the Cassian Andor series. Oh, absolutely. Like, like yeah. that. If they don't, that would be a that would be a shame. Mistake. Yeah, like. Mm. Come on, guys. Like, and for anyone a little out of the loop, uh, essentially what happened is that because of the different licenses for all these um, different countries have had different stages where the, the previous contract for showing off you know, Star Wars and whatnot, um, if folks remember to when a bunch of Star Wars movies were on Netflix, mm-hmm. right, they either have to buy out or terminate the contract early, which tends to be difficult with the company because they're going to want a lot of money for that. Oh, absolutely expensive. Or, it, or, they, know, gotta or they have to years. wait it out. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we're just... still seeing countries that have yet to to finally break free and, and be able to run exclusively on Disney Plus. Now, um, for f- places like Belgium, uh, I think it sounds like they're on track that season two they'll be able to watch right from the get-go. Yeah, yes. it's, uh, from, from, what I've, from what I've seen, they'll literally, they'll finish episode eight mm-hmm. the week before the release date. Yeah. Oh, so they'll go straight from one to the other. Yeah. yeah. That'd be great. Good timing. Yeah. It does now for the other countries though where they're late. Are they going to get season two before technically season one's finished launching, or are they going to stagger and delay those as well? It's I don't. Every I think they'll just get everything all at once. Like I'm so not convinced they will. No, uh, no, same here. When we had Disney the release Plus in the UK, we we didn't get the entire series drop. We had it as a week by week drop. Yeah. Uh, and we, um, and yeah. we we picked it up. When was it? We picked it up in March. Mm-hmm. So we actually picked it up week or two before lockdown yeah um, it's been a huge boon for disney plus absolutely Mandalorian on and it keeps that retention of of people having active subscriptions oh yeah and you can you can tell that's what they're going for with uh and it's the same thing with uh like the boys on amazon prime they don't drop it all at once and mm. you're able to binge they do it weekly because then it means that people want to keep that membership longer and so if they stagger different projects and each one is weekly then it kind of ends up being more like like classic tv where you're always needing a, to be watching. No, oh, absolutely. It was the yeah, same one. That money. Same when the <laughs> same when the gallery came out. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I enjoyed watching the gallery as much as I enjoyed watching the actual series. Yeah, I actually still need to watch that. I've have not found the time. Oh, well worth it. Well yeah. worth it. Seeing the seeing how they actually film it and the technology behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing how small a backlot they actually used. Yeah, no, it really is. Like the well, the way they the the giant. Um, uh, yeah, what is, what is that? They were using. What is yeah, that new technology called? where they have the, the whole background shown? The surround? Yeah. No. Yeah. It is very a surround. Cool, very cool tech. I forget the name, but yeah, like they were able to basically do on location shooting on a backlot. Essentially, I mean, this is where um, uh, Dave Filoni's background came in, that they were able to storyboard a lot of it um, to be actually have the tech side so that they're filming with a scrolling background at the same time. So, so basically, yeah, envision envision in, a giant TV screen behind what you're filming. Yeah, so rather than proper have, lighting, and you don't have a green screen, you're yeah, no green screen. Be there. 
you've yeah. got it you've got it in in environment with you yeah and the cg and... artists have to be loving it because they actually have proper reference lighting oh yeah mm. and they can actually like they showed that you can actually prototype stuff basically on set effectively yep like so yeah, the yeah. director's camera has got a monitor that shows like cg elements that they've roughed in as well My yeah so they can frame the shots every element of vr tech yeah. Yep. as well to get it kind of seamless in a three yeah, sixty degree. And then the next decade's gonna be just wild when they continue to put in augmented and virtual reality into those sorts of things. I do well, like to be fair, that, Star uh, Wars has always brought out that technology, hasn't it? Because oh, yeah. you look you look oh, at absolutely. Lucasfilm um, oh, yeah. and THX and, and how everything ILM. moved for ILM. Yeah. Huge innovators. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I like well, the original the, the original like Star Wars. one of the things that they talked about a lot in um in the gallery was basically how John Favreau making the Lion King and the Jungle Book for Disney basically just gave him a dry run with all of the tools that he used to make the Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. like it, it's almost like, yeah, I made the Lion King and I made the I made the Jungle Book. That was great. But I got to play with this VR stuff. And that just made this show at all possible. And but it just keeps talking, like not like they were multi-million dollar projects in their own. <laughs> uh, let's be real, Star Wars is the only important one. <laughs> always mean, has yes. been, always will be. Yes, There's... this is the way. Yep. <laughs> so have have we all seen the latest announcement and feature that Disney Plus as a platform is introduced? very shortly with its viewing party yes yes i think that's actually i I think that's actually out in the u.s um so far i have not played with it because a lot of the people that i know do not have disney (laughs) plus i haven't heard about that tell me more um that's about all i can tell you (laughs) In, in theory i don't know how it works in practice but in theory it should allow a group of friends and this is where I don't know whether you all require Disney Plus or whether it's a sharing. I'd imagine the former. I suspect everyone needs all. I just yeah, I suspect everyone needs all. Um, but it would do synchronized viewing of content. Oh, so then you could be on a on a call of some sort. And yes. Talking. Oh yeah. God. Yeah, no, you create no. a, a room code and you get a little chat room set up. So so very very similar to how uh, Twitch does their their stuff they allow people twitch uh streamers to mm-hmm. watch a show and then the, the viewers can also tune in on their prime subscriptions mm-hmm. uh for for amazon prime video it's not it's kind of nice to see that finally taking mm-hmm. shape because i know there were there were a couple of different websites over the years that existed and either ran out of funding or ran into legal issues where they were trying to do essentially the same thing likewise with like youtube videos so it's like oh hey check out this funny video and rather than just waiting for your friend to laugh at it and you're sitting there not knowing what they're looking at or laughing at, you can actually watch it with them and use that experience togetherness. Yeah, really cool. see, the big thing that I'm not super clear about yet is whether or not everybody needs Disney Plus. But I, I bet am, money ad- do. I imagine you do. Um, I can't see yeah, them releasing like, it without it. Yeah, because much like Twitch, um, you do need a Twitch account to mm-hmm. to join a watch party. Oh, um, no, uh, even though even though a Twitch video is, account. Ah, yeah, I was going to say, because, like, Twitch is free, but the Prime, Twitch Prime ain't. Um, Though, if you already have Amazon Prime, you have Twitch Prime, so it's one of those. Well, and now that's technically called Prime Gaming, because they want to rebrand or something. Yeah, 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 it's just, 
they just want to thanks bezos yeah (laughs) oh man yeah (laughs) but that's neither that's neither here nor there we could do a whole thing talking about uh twitch (laughs) twitch amazon and mixer so yeah oh jeez. yeah 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 we all know um but yeah like because i can definitely see a fair amount of um if they didn't allow you to um have a a program i imagine that would get shot down really quickly people who are just putting out their room codes just out on facebook yeah the the only the only thing i could see potentially to do is, is allow like one guest so like if you have a disney account you can share it you can let someone else watch with you one guest that doesn't have that would be reasonable. But otherwise, but, yeah. If it was unlimited access or like five, ten, it it cuts into their mar- profit margin. Limited oh, access is that. an interesting concept because it's mm-hmm. it's the introducing it someone would, to something they don't yet have. It would entice them exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it would it would be. I'm sure we all remember. Um, well, I don't know about how cable worked in the UK, but in over on this side. Oh, they happen to have a license. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Disney had a the Disney Channel back in the day. They still do, technically. Um, but they won for like two weeks a year. You didn't need a subscription to watch the Disney Channel. They would have a free period every once oh, okay. in a while to give okay. people a little taste. Yep. <laughs> and yeah. And then see, over here, call we've your got... cable company and, and buy yeah. that on your subscription. We've got things like Freeview. So it could be that it's delivered via satellite on Freeview. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's made available for, for that period of time. Um, otherwise you're talking about, yeah, paid subscriptions to either a satellite channel or a cable channel, mm-hmm. um, cause it's paying for the hardware more than anything else. I, st- I still find it amusing that there's an actual TV license though. <laughs> yeah. That that's supposed to fund our free, t- uh, our free TV. Um, but there's lots of arguments about that at the moment over here. Well, it's like especially the- with the shake up or what streaming services are doing generally to domestic yeah. television. Um, mm-hmm. Because we've we've just seen our the provider that we paid the license fee for and a provider that relies on uh, advertisement for its funding mm-hmm. coming together to make their own joint streaming service and tradition mm-hmm. and traditionally they are vying for market share of viewership so it, it shows the seriousness of how streaming is changing the market if they're coming together to try and jointly present uh, material. Yeah, just true. think if the cable companies had just not put everything in these stupid package bundles they wouldn't have had this problem no yeah no, it, no it's true like i was i was talking with my with my father who's in his 60s and he in his lifetime got to watch the rise and fall of cable like, yeah. I, <laughs> like I personally like, feel that we're going to have a yeah. rise of cable again because uh, where, oh, sure. where you had the likes of of netflix to begin with and that you had limited choices but lots of content Mm-hmm. It was a good mm-hmm. value for stream, so you you move and you change. Now everybody wants their own, and now everyone wants their own versions. So mm-hmm. got oh yeah, yeah. A dozen different having... streaming services, and I can see cable companies trying to buy for cheaper packages that offer multiple, and not even locking them in, just a three of your choice or six of your choice. Or yep, that's actually there's a company uh, Sling. That's sort of how they work. Um, not sponsored not sponsored <laughs> i don't use sling because it's a it's a paid service and i don't want to pay for another service i'm already paying for yep. four <laughs> but yeah it's the same sort of thing it's like an a la carte um yeah. cable subscription uh via the internet 
which realistically, even cable is over the internet now. So is it even really cable anymore? <laughs> well, there's still a physical cable coming in your house, right? Well, yeah, yeah, but well, that's the thing. At least, um, at least here, the cable is also my internet. So, it's and at least here, because of the way that uh, cable and internet companies have structured the way that you have access to the internet in America, that's also the cable company that I'm getting my internet from. <laughs> Similar provision to what we're using over here. Yeah. So, eh. <laughs> It's yeah. all it's all I, crap. I, I get a three hundred meg fiber connection to the house. Wow, fiber, nice. Wow. I, I suspect it'll still be called cable because the fiber. Oh yeah, absolutely. Inside yeah. of a cable. Well, yeah. Until uh, everything goes wireless, but I, well, don't, I don't think that's likely to happen. Yeah. Too much saturation. No. Yeah. It's 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 not going to be a thing. And besides, um, man, like three hundred megs though, man. Man, uh, that's, 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 yeah. that's 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 the top service that, that you can get over here at the it's moment. It's not equal I, to the UK. I don't get anywhere near that. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's uh, you said that's that's on fiber. That's on fiber. Oh, okay. Yeah, we we have fiber offerings here, and I've I've recently renewed my package to be a 500 megabit connection. I think oh, the, wow. the top the top fiber connection in the UK at the moment is a gigabit, but it's it's not offered universally. Okay. Yeah, um, it's incredibly expensive. expensive. That's yeah. that's yeah, that's business grade. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, no, it's for domestic as well, as long as you're in an area that can supply it. Oh. Um But that is definitely the the smallest percentile of the country that has these speeds, as as Jaren said, it's very, oh, yeah. very low in general. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. but well, you look to the continent and with the speeds we're saying here, and we're like, Oh, this is new, this is fancy, this is top of the line. The likes of Sweden, uh, I've got friends out there paying half the price for 100 megabit up and down, or even gigabit up and down. Yeah. And they think it's astonishing yeah. how much we're being forced to pay. Oh, well, well whatever it is, it's crazy. Whatever you've got, though, you've still got a leg up on uh, Canada and the US, because we've got such large swaths of land that replacing all the infrastructure takes so much more. Oh, yeah. I live, yeah, I live in Maine, which is the top right corner of the country, and at South the Canada. And South Canada. At the beginning <laughs> of the year, um, we actually had a situation where there are literally two internet lines that go from the rest of the country into Maine. Um, just, you know, two big old trunk lines. And somehow, <laughs> they both went down. Oh. So the entire state of Maine, for about six, eight hours, had no internet whatsoever because even like because those two trunk lines also feed cell service so you could call people um but you couldn't actually use any cellular internet either because the towers weren't getting any <laughs> someone had a bad day on that day oh yeah somebody got fired oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that that's where people need to learn to live without the resilience on the internet Oh yeah, well, I mean, yeah. that was the funny thing, like, because rare, like, we're used to losing internet when you lose power and things like that, yep. you know, natural disasters, all that sort of stuff. So it was just the strangest thing to have all of your modern amenities, but no internet, no internet. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, well, I guess I'll just still play a single player video game. <laughs> to, to, to be fair, it's like living in mid Wales. They have no internet. They have no internet speed in mid Wales. <laughs> but then, how will they listen to our podcast? Well, I hate uh, to thank, break it to you. Thankfully, Slowly. our Welsh mercs live in the north or the south. 
okay. <laughs> what will happen is someone will record it. They'll put it on a cassette tape. They'll mail it down there, and then they'll be able to get it. You remember cassette tapes? Oh. I do. Oh, I C- do. C60s, C70s, C80s. Absolutely. <laughs> See, I was actually going to recommend that they uh, they switch to IPOAC, <laughs> which is a very, very deep reference that no one will get. <laughs> nope. But it's Internet Protocol over Avian Carrier. And it's oh my God. Internet Protocols. It's an actual designation that they've actually properly documented, it's which a... suggests using carrier pigeons to transmit data. Oh, don't. Of, I, as a form of the internet. <laughs> when when I was at college, we used to we used to be taught um, ticker tape programming. Oh, wow. oh yeah. So um, wow, what I, I've got a little bit of a military background in terms of civilian support, and I remember once seeing the program code for the avionics system for a Harrier, mm. and the ticker tape was two point eight miles long. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but but that but that was one of the things we were taught. Oh, I was taught at college. <laughs> yeah, just in case, just in case you need it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I, I think IPOAC is is one of my favorite little nerdy references. Well, and especially because you think about it, like what what does that equate to as far as like a data transfer speed, like a bit uh... a, a bit a week. <laughs> it, you know what it, it really depends because you're gonna have bad latency yeah oh very but bad for example if you give 16 homing pigeons eight 512 gigabyte sd cards each and it takes an hour to reach their destination the throughput of the transfer is 145.6 gigabits per second assuming they all make it on time true yes it is vulnerable to birds of prey yeah there is <laughs> yeah what are, what are the problems with this transmission method well hawks um. Yep. <laughs> RFC two five four nine states that unintentional encapsulation in hawks has been known to occur, with decapsulation <laughs> being messy and the packets mangled. You're saying there's packet loss. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. A little yeah. bit. There was a uh, there was a Gartner report on the bird flu that concluded a pandemic wouldn't affect IT systems directly. And it was oh, humorously so. criticized for neglecting to consider RFC 1149 uh, and 24, uh, 2549, which is the IPOAC stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh... the silliest thing, and it's just fantastic. And uh, for everyone currently li- wa- uh, recording here, I linked it in the, in the little chat there. If you want to peruse it later. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mando Season 2 is coming. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm but excited. We're streaming it directly via your local internet, yeah. not via character. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm sure everybody out there has seen a lot of the rumors that are coming. Um, There's definitely been a few published in uh, Battlecry. Uh, yeah, well, we, we've tried to look at them and look at put our own twist on some of them. Um, there's a few names have been dropped. Uh, Tamara Morrison's quite highly publicized to be in there mm-hmm. whether he is or not we don't actually know he was um, very highly publicized to be in the first season too yeah. uh, uh, I, I believe that the second season may have more weight to it with the actions of his um mm-hmm. agent mm-hmm. right um i mean a lot of people are saying that could possibly be django equally it could be rex because there's rumors of ahsoka floating around again it definitely won't be django 
I think you're uh, thinking the wrong fat. Uh, sorry, Boba. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He could. He could have made it. You could have made it out. Uh, yeah, I've uh, I've been yeah. doing my best to avoid most of that. Although I have heard about Tamura, um, just like with the with the the sequels as well as with like Rogue One and everything, and with the Mandalorian, I've still tried to just kind of go in blank slate, not know what's going on. Uh, and then totally it, agree. So. Yeah, as best I can, I've been doing the same. I, yeah, yeah. I have very strong personal views. Again, personal view here that I do not want to see Boba anywhere near this show. I, uh, my personal feeling is it would overpower any scene or episode right. through the sheer mysticism of, oh my god, there he is. Did you all see that? Look, there he is. Oh wait, I missed a bit. What happened? So right. the other theory yeah. on that is that it could in fact be a guy called Vander Cobb, um, who, depending which books you've read, uh, recovers armor from the edge of the side. And is an imposter, yeah. And dresses up as Boba to kind of... He used to be a lawmaker. Uh, he decides to basically then go and threaten people in a bit more of an intimidating manner, dressed as Boba. Yeah. Um, that's that's a potential avenue. There are a few people... Yeah, there's certain, there's certainly a lot to explore, isn't there? Armor in the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they've done a... They have done a really great job of even just in The Mandalorian, not aside from the rest of the now-canon materials, is they've done a great job of just you know, spicing in those little bits of non-canon material back into the EU. Yes. Mm. So they've so it's really not out of the question. Oh, the that, com- that would be the Comptoner as well from um, Best Ben. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. so Will Will Rohood bringing back his ice cream maker exactly. Yep. Like yeah yeah, <laughs> e- yeah even in manners utterly like not like the like the old stuff because that's one of the best parts will row hood has never not been canon mm-hmm. always mm. has been always will be. <laughs> it's just just the nods back isn't it it's, oh yeah it, oh, it, it's like the, the so great nodding back to the hilarious holiday special again um the updates they made to actually make that a, a believable weapon the rifle yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, again, they, they and and an amazing rifle. one at yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be very reluctant to see any sort of Thet character in the Mandalorian show, just because there's that uncertainty now of whether or not they're actually Mandalorians, and I'd like that to not be taken away. I, I'm still holding out hope that it's like, well, so-and-so said they weren't Mandos, but the, does that really mean they weren't Mandos? Well, yeah, considering most of the people who said that they're not were jerks. Yeah, <laughs> and, and really, like, pretty much all of the Mandalorian cult, every, everything that has come of Mandalorians and the culture and the, and the story and the lore spawned from Fett in the first place. So Absolutely. To, to take that out and just go, ah, Fett was just some guy wearing Mando armor. Yeah. It just doesn't feel right. Yeah. Personally. No, I'd have to agree with you on that one. And I mean, the people who are currently in charge of a lot of the core story stuff for the direction that Star Wars is going, I don't think they would do that. Yeah. You know, like, I think. Like, like Filoni threw in stuff like he was one of the people who had a character say that uh, Boba and Django were not Mandalorians. But again, he made that particular character a terrible liar and a ambitious, power hungry jerk. So, like, of course, he'd say crap like that. Yep. So, you know. Well, and you can point back to when uh, when Kylo Ren said that. And I'm pretty sure we're past spoilers at this point. But 
in case you haven't seen the the new sequels <laughs> spoiler alert uh when kylo says that Rey's a nobody you know everyone's like oh, what does that mean it's like well turns be lying turns yeah, <laughs> hey look at that he was lying look at that or he just straight up didn't know yep hey he's a he's an emo there out to make sure, make out life for himself and... <laughs> yep. yeah yep. yep no he was like <laughs> there was a great little fan comic that came out shortly after the last jedi like when he has that conversation um and with her it's like yeah you were nobody you were like your par- your parents were trash and it was just like it was reframed as a all right you're gonna get a chance to talk to her you're gonna get a chance to like flirt with her you like this is your shot this is your time don't say something <laughs> stupid don't say something yeah. stupid your parents were trashed damn it <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> yep uh yeah so needless to say we're quite stoked yes yes, yes. yes. given like, in Feloni we trust in Favreau we trust given Indeed. the depth of the the expanded culture that episodes one and three from series one gave us mm-hmm. um, and the kind of the additions to the law it's there's so much potential now that they can bring in with the whole second season and oh, yeah. exploring planets that we've not seen before um, mm-hmm. I, I have a sneaking suspicion that we might be seeing them on calamari homeworld um, the I mean from, from those that haven't seen the trailer there is an aquatic planet. Uh, there are a lot of uh, Quarren in the background, and for those that aren't huge lore nerds, Quarren and Mon Calamari share, share the same planet. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's possible that we might see Mon, it's Mon Cal or Dak, I can't remember the exact name for it. Um, uh, it's both, it's, it's both yeah. yeah. Depends yeah. on who you talk to. If you're Mon Calamari, you say Mon Cal. If you're Corrin, you probably say Dak, because why would you call it by their name for the planet? <laughs> they, those two species did not get along. <laughs> that is one of the things that I like. That's like one of the few examples of a in Star Wars of a planet that isn't inhabited by one intelligent species. Mm-hmm. And they're yep. just like, no, no, there's actually, uh, it's a big galaxy. Chances are pretty good that two intelligent species evolved on the same planet and they don't like each other <laughs> but I mean, didn't wipe that, one one of the species out yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's 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 quite a core part of was it season five of clone wars yes. oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah an amazing story arc mm-hmm. I, oh I, on, on the subject of like deception and, and the whole that being can uh canon canonically mando or not as well we have the whole aspect of the pacifists going, yep, no, we're the only Mandos. Yep, we're pacifists. And, yeah, well, uh, and then Death Watch being like, hello. Yeah, five, five minutes later. <laughs> but, but like when that news first dropped of their, the Mandos the killed out, like the, the planet of Mandalore killed Abe, the capital, and all that stuff just being pacifists, everyone was losing their minds. And then it's like, no, no, there's, there's regular Mandos. Too. And you look at it now, Death Watch are the heroes. If, if you look at the, the background story arc, to oh, yeah. from a certain point of view yeah 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 <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, like, like not oh, not, not i'm actually... sat there with my death watch plates and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and that's i think that's what been one of those things that it's nice to see when star wars goes and, and kind of pokes at itself in a sense that, mm. hey listen we know we make like omni weather omni climate planets a lot but like these are still generalizations Mm-hmm. It's not the one thing is the one thing, and that's all there is to each of these planets. Yeah. That said, each of these species and each of these 
<laughs> We've talked about this a lot. How many desert planets have we been to? <laughs> or how many times have we been back to Tatooine? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Like a, Tatooine, a, never heard of it. Yeah, a planet where <laughs> nothing happens. <laughs> Funny enough, oh, we, we talk we, racing. We talk about desert planets and Tatooine. I've actually been to the village of Tatooine. In, oh, nice. Yeah, in um, Tunisia, right? in Tunisia. Yeah, I, uh, it's got to be about 20 years ago now, coming up to that. I did a desert safari, and we picked up um, a lot of the, the places, so Mat Marta, um, Tatooine, uh, stayed overnight in the Hotel City Busai, which is um, oh, yeah. Lars Homestead. So, yeah, the, it, it's it, it's quite nice actually going back and seeing some of these places back on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if it is just a, a backdrop that's been pulled around on a VR screen, but it's still nice <laughs> to come back and see some of these places, having yeah. have, having travelled a lot of it on camel. <laughs> the, the digital technology, I think that then does allow a lot more scope to open up some of the more alien worlds. Uh, mm, yeah, I was introduced some stuff like uh, Felucia, Christophsis. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's some really interesting, diverse backgrounds. Uh, we see Umbara. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I'd, recreated I'd, love, I'd love that. Yeah. That that was one of the things I really really enjoyed with the prequels is that they took that leap to go beyond quasi Earth like planets mm. and just being like single uh, biome chunks of Earth and actually going off into that that more foreign and, and alien bizarre worlds where all sorts of craziness happens. I think Felucia would be an it would be an amazing planet to go visit during one yeah. of the series just, oh yeah just just not not just for the flora but for the entire just sort of ecosystem mm-hmm. where you've got yeah. the, the, the different species of rancor coming through potentially as well mm. well if they spun that off of um the force unleashed games yeah where shakti ends up that'd be super cool yeah yeah so much to look forward to so much to talk about because by the time we, we record the next one we'll have seen at least two or three of the episodes well, and who knows just what exactly they're going to do on our final topic for the evening or the afternoon, depending on who's recording where, is the High Republic. The what? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's still it's still a terrible name. Um, I will yeah. I will say that right now because I haven't had a chance to say that yet since we've taken such a break. Um, I get where they're going, but it's a terrible name. <laughs> that aside i'm happy to see that they're actually like touching on some of this stuff again you know yeah because yeah. we're, so we're, we're had... talking about an era that's back sort of old republic and and, and older aren't we mm-hmm. so uh, I'll, be, I'll be honest i've not back. seen a lot on it's, high it's republic not that far back it's, it's okay uh, it's young yoda yeah mm-hmm. still, still a master but Yoda much younger. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a so lot we're only going back to, 500 years. Yeah, it's a lot closer to Clone Wars than Old Republic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which so is... there was a New York City Comic Con. I don't know exactly in what capacity they managed to have an event, but they had a panel at New York City Comic Con in some capacity, and they talked about the High Republic. Um, so there's a couple of highlights that we can kind of discuss. So um, let's see. This first one is a visual thing. I don't feel like speculating on that that's not much but uh yoda will be with younger padawans in training and we won't see yoda until slightly later during the fallout of the great disaster they reference mm-hmm. whatever that is yeah so i suspect and I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to uh the great disaster having some sort of 
proper explanation as to how we go from like, hey, so a couple hundred years ago, tech was better, and now when we go to prequels, tech's not so good, and then like Empire tech is worse somehow, <laughs> as as you often see in other franchises, <clears throat> Star Trek, uh, where <laughs> the more recent the production, the the crazier the technology, even though it's earlier in, in in chronological timeline history. Well, I mean, we're, talk- we're, talk- we're talking about multi-platform again, though, aren't we? Because yes. we're talking about a lot of the High Republic is going to be um, either graphic novel or, or traditional novel. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it, it ties. Maybe. Yeah, interesting to see how, how it ties together. Yeah. yeah, and I like that they're they're going back to that approach, like the one, the sort of approach that they did back around um, Shadow of the Empire, where they were mm-hmm. going to do everything around making a Star Wars movie, but make the movie. Yeah. Yep. It gives you a nice, cohesive universe that everyone plays in, and, and mm-hmm. uh, creates a lot of good content. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing team of of authors, though, that they brought together for it. Yeah. Oh yeah. What else was uh? What else was good? They referenced that the Wookiee Jedi will have a two-handed lightsaber built to match his strength and size, which apparently some folks have different opinions on whether or not a Wookiee should have a giant lightsaber. I like the idea of an eight-foot lightsaber with a Wookiee <laughs> swinging it around. I'm like, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's bringing it back to to the difference in sort of some of our medieval weaponry over here, so claymores and things. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you you've got the larger people carrying the larger weapons. It's they're the, they're the tank characters, and that's yeah. exactly what a Wookiee Jedi would be. The only yep. issue with that, I mean, from a kind of law perspective, is that the blade has no mass, so just making so, it bigger because Wookiee isn't really mm. necessary. Not not technically no, but that ah, but that, you that, see, re- that reach though. In that one <laughs> book, that one time, I mentioned <laughs> that the. Uh, the way the lightsaber functions has, uh, and the way that the blade is contained and 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 it's, it's encapsulated as a bladed form, um, has some sort of gyroscopical effect that requires great precision and, and dexterity on the if you are a non-force wielder. But using the force, it makes it much easier to utilize. I think it's really just so you don't cut your hand off. That's where the training yeah, comes from. Yeah, there's been enough characters <laughs> with a hand cut off. <laughs> I didn't mind that as an explanation overall, though, that, no, that it's... you know, there's some sort of weird sensation to it, and it doesn't, you know, it may not have mass, but the, the blade, the, like the lightsaber itself, would have some sort of weird torque effect based on the internals, and then, you know, you could wield it, but you're just not going to be able to wield it, like, fluidly and gracefully like a Jedi can, or to have those those reflexes to, to deflect blaster bolts. But then you've got... It strikes a good balance where someone can pick one up and use it as a tool, but they're not going to be swinging you know, around a bit. Highly well, effective. Yeah, they can swing it and cludgeon someone a little bit, but beyond that, not so much. Yeah. Well, yeah, to to look at um, the Force Awakens, um, Finn's yes, able exactly. to use one pretty well because he's had you know martial weapons training, like he's had close combat training as a stormtrooper, so he's able yeah. to at least swing it around and and you know put somebody on the defensive for half a minute. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then you good. get it in the hands of someone who has the force they're automatically better because mm. the force oh yeah but we've seen it in eu where we've had um, boba face off against vader with the lightsaber yeah so it's in, yeah in the novels boba trains jaina solo mm-hmm. uh, we've got obviously in the just in it's not directly in the movies but we've in the in the expanded universe we've got grievous being trained by dooku to use lightsabers even though he's not force sensitive at all yeah but cyborg body kind of helps a little bit with that a little bit <laughs> Just a smidge. Yeah. So it's it's yeah it's it's 
equally canon that it's not impossible to use one. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Jedi and Sith are just better. Yeah. Yeah, there's a From a certain couple... point of view. <laughs> <laughs> from the point of view of the other from the person on the other end of the lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh let's see. So Claudia Gray's into the dark characters. Uh mentioned it's mentioned that they're going to be actually caught up in the great disaster itself, which will be really cool. We're gonna have a characters there so we'll be able to follow along and see what actually transpires it's not just an event that's mentioned mm-hmm. like ah oh, yes i knew your father once in the clone wars and you have no idea what's going on with that until they finally made the prequels mm-hmm. that's a dodgy accent there I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i haven't i haven't tried i'm not i'm not gonna try Oh, come on, Crouch, just like that one time where we all did Wookiee impersonations. Oh, yeah, and no, that was great. Muriel did flawless. <laughs> yeah, was, he is actually pretty good at, yes, like, yeah. he is actually pretty good at, at, at but doing But when we couldn't stop laughing yeah. and couldn't get out the, the impersonation. That's yeah, no, no. It's easy, to do, it's easy to do an accent when you don't have three native speakers, you know? <laughs> <laughs> ah, come on, you just gotta go for it. What could possibly go wrong? Look, I barely speak you know, intelligible American English, so I'm good. All right. right. (laughs) I'll tell you what, offline, I'll send you some place names to try and pronounce. Oh, oh, that'll be fun. (laughs) It's like, I can, if it's, if it's Scotland, if it's Scottish, I can probably do it, but none of that Welsh business. Ah, no, see, it was the Welsh ones I was going to send you, because that's my heritage. the only other thing to mention out of it is that there are it was stated on the panel that there have been references to the high republic in recent works that no one has yet picked up on picked well, up on well yeah it's because we don't know what they are yeah. <laughs> it's just it's 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 nice to hear that though in the sense that they are weaving in elements that aren't yet visible to us or noticeable to us i should say but we'll kind of start to really tie things together uh, once once the High Republic starts to be developed and released. Mm-hmm. Whether it's current Set... films, comics, or books, it's hard to tell. Yeah, yeah. they just say in recent work. It doesn't mention yeah. for what. I mean, it, it could, could be the Mandalorian TV show. It could just be... could be a mobile game. Lego, a Lego <laughs> holiday special. Who knows? <laughs> One thing's for certain, there's a lot of ground, and, and we've got a lot, lot more to come with this franchise. Oh, yeah. So looking forward to this. Oh, I, yeah. I just want, in the next decade... A buddy cop movie set in Star Wars. That might be the um, the Cassian Andor series, really. Because you know that's going to be fun. Like that might it, like it. It's, I can't it, wait for that show. Then, in all honesty, yeah. I think I'm more excited for that show than the Obi Wan show. So you um, pair you pair Cassian and K two S O. Yeah, that's that's going to be yeah. yeah. That's going to be fantastic. <laughs> I think I'm, I think I'm still a little more excited for Obi Wan, but uh, Cassian's definitely. In close, in close proximity. Cassian, yeah. I think, is going to be a little bit longer before they start filming because they're talking about filming it over here from memory, over at Pinewood. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. It, it definitely throws a wrench with the COVID situation. Yeah, yeah that one, because I remember that was announced at the first, like, the weekend of the first Merck's Con was when that news dropped. So mm-hmm. that's been... Yeah, that was that, quite a while ago. That's been a minute. Yeah. Uh, without putting a damper on, obviously, Obi-Wan and Mando, I think it's... Cassian's got the best opportunity to actually do some new stuff. I mean, one of my 
definitely. my favourite film mm-hmm. is still Solo, and I know a lot of people don't like it, and it's not as no, good as others. But it was a fantastic film. I I think a yeah, real world real world scenario may have affected that more than the actual film itself. See, Indeed. I I wouldn't have rated Solo as the main character. But the background characters, uh, Beckett, Val, Rio, I'd watch a prequel of them all day. And I think yeah. that take, stepping away from the Skywalker saga, I know it's, it's obviously Solo and Chewbacca, but stepping away from that, doing something different that's not related to the Jedi, to Clone Wars, um, and just telling almost just a story about people trying to survive and what the lengths they're having to go to in the Star Wars universe. And I think Cassian will have that kind of gritty aspect to it as well uh, as he likes to tell oh, yeah. he's been in this fight since he's six years old so we're, we're going to see some of that grittier nasty stuff potentially uh like as we see obviously fingers crossed the opening uh parts of rogue one where he um, guns down one of his mates um yeah. it, it's going to be that more kind of down-to-earth story that's not so it, it's all galactic balance and force powers uh, it's just going to be about trying to survive and do what he needs to yeah, it's just, yeah. just going to be about, even if it's set up pretty close to Rogue One, where he's, you know, still an established rebel spy, like, mm. even if it's just that phase, I'm, I'm all into it. Because for me, Rogue One, I think, is probably, it's probably, it's definitely top two Star Wars for me. So, like, I will not be mad when that comes out at all. I have to say, of the Disney era, Rogue One is definitely, for me, the best film they've produced and I, I would, would put I would I put agree. it on par with with Empire, and Empire yeah. for me has always been the top tier film. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and if they can if they can keep that Rogue One influence, the way they filmed it, the way they've projected it, if they can keep that within Cassian, we're in for an absolute stormer of a series. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and I'd love to see them them just really play around inside the giant sandbox that that expanding out beyond just the Skywalker saga mm. has given them um like i said buddy cop movie would be great um you can you can really branch out beyond just oh yeah it's star wars the sci-fi thing for sci-fi people and really go into that more broad general realm of like this is an action movie this is a comedy this mm. is a you know well the mandalorian's a western <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely yeah the mandalorian's absolutely that yeah i think it would be i think it would be really neat and i think they could have a little bit of fun with it if they put out um, like a war documentary type series, almost. That would be really neat. Yeah, dude. and like Holo, if people hollow like net, hollow net, band of brothers, yeah, like yeah, type stuff. And if and if people didn't like it that much, they could always spin it as like, well, this is actually a movie produced in the universe of Star Wars mm. as propaganda for the Empire or or for the Rebels or something. And so it can be like an extra layer in, and it'll still make sense. But you can kind of like, you know, have some aggrandization of of characters and events and whatnot without like changing the very lore and fabric of, of Star Wars itself proper. Oh yeah. Well that was actually I think that was the one of the books. I think it was I can't remember which one which one it was, but it was one of the ones that was based on the Luke Skywalker series. Like the it was based on Luke. Um and it the the overall framework was him talking to a biographer about some mission that went super south cannot remember um, which book it was. Uh, it was I know in the Yuz- in the Vong series, they kind of had that sort of thing where Luke was on trial for all the murders and stuff. Cause it the was, was mad. And it was rebels in be- the Empire were trying to like resolve their conflict because of the new extra galactic 
you know, use Envon coming from outside of the galaxy, so they kind of had to square away their differences. Yeah. And... No, it was before. It was, it was, yeah, it was before that. It was before that. I'll I'll have to look it up later. But yeah, like yeah. just do that. But as a movie, just be like, okay, so even if it's not Luke, just pick some random person in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Just be like, okay, so yeah, we heard that you were involved in the Battle of Hoth. How was that? What was that like? That must have been amazing. And be like, no, 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 let me stop you there. It sucked. You could take take someone like Kyle Katarn, couldn't you? Very much so. You could take someone like Katarn with his history of going, similar to Solo, of of going through the Imperial Academy. And um, was it his father was killed by an Imperial attack? And Mm -hmm. so there's a lot you can take through there. That mm-hmm. actually, actually, bringing Kyle Katarn back would be superb. Yeah, that would be great, just on yeah. its own. Yeah. <laughs> Although I suppose that's a little bit of what the Cassian character is. A bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's that because yeah, the he's that spy but with guns blazing situation. Yeah. Though, oh, and Solo was our heist movie, so we've already got one of those. Yep, exactly. We wanted yeah, a heist movie. We got one. <laughs> so. Love you it. just need a little more in the way of the speeder, the speeder, uh, the land speeder chases and whatnot, and you turn it into Fast and Furious. I don't know. Uh, that's no, that, like... that, 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 that's where you've got the that's where you got the swoop history, and you can bring Dengar in it. Yes, oh, yeah. that Deng- Dengar Fast and Furious style franchise. Yeah, I, I do. Like... We make Dengar Vin Diesel. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> it, it in the back. In in Rebels, they set up Dengar to be a doof, so I really don't think so. No, it, it, it was even worse in um, the Lego Star Wars. Oh, well, yeah. well, Free, yeah. Freemaker Adventures, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well. I, now I can't get Vin Diesel Dengar out of my head as an See, image. <laughs> I like that the one speeder chase we had in Solo actually ended with him crashing and getting stuck. Yep. <laughs> like, that was gold to me. That was just triumphant great. failure right there. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That wasn't filmed too far from where I live. Oh really? Oh yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that was filmed down at um Southampton at the the um power station on the opposite side of the sound. Oh nice. Yeah, one 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 of our one of our retired members was actually crew on solo if I remember correctly. Oh, I think right. I think think it's more awesome. to do more to do with costume side more than anything else. But he's he's worked on a couple Fantastic. of the still, still though. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We're hoping to get him back building soon. He spent too much time building Kylo's and um, <laughs> and Han Solo's for, for oh, the yeah. Rebels and the Five Hundred and First. We want him back. Nope. And, and once <laughs> again, it's, our it's turn the again. it's the post Imperials that are appealing back to a lot of our retired members at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. it's weird. It's weird. The effect of having a show based around uh, custom Mandalorians is uh, wow. has that effect. It's <laughs> I well, never I saw it coming. From the release of it, we went from having sort of maybe fifteen, twenty foundlings mm-hmm. to at our peak. Um, I think I remember going back and doing sort of a, a mini audit, if you like, on the clan with sixty three foundlings at one point. That's a few. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, okay. No. Some of them were building and using our CRLs to go for other clubs, but still, still we've, yeah. we've, 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 we've got a level a, of interest. In, yeah, we've, we've got an act. We've got an active um, foundling core at the moment of about 10 or 12 people all building to post CRL. That's excellent. Um, we had the first um, V1 Din Jaren cleared in the club. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it, the, the, 
what the new universe has brought back for us has been amazing. Yeah. And oh, it, yeah. it will help, it, it, it will grow not just our clan, but it will grow the club for the future. Oh, yeah. No, there was, there was never any question that this show was going to be amazing for the club, mm. but it's really, really nice to see that actually pan out. Absolutely. Well, as much as we could wax poetic about squadrons and continue to speculate about the next season. Indeed. I think that about covers it. I think so. I think so. Anybody else got any any last pressing thoughts? Not for myself, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we could probably go on for another couple of hours the way that we're going at the moment. So, uh, yep. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, well, there's our annual podcast done. Yep, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. This was really nice. Um, <laughs> but no, um, we're yeah, we're back to monthly. Um, that is the plan. We're going to do our best to stick to it. Um, and uh, yeah, so on behalf of myself, Thaxos, Hikari, Jaren, and Takur, um, thank you very much for listening. Thanks for hopping back in with us. Um, we will speak to you guys again next month. Bye. Bye-bye. And we're out.